Hello, Sens fans. Welcome into the first ever solo show of Locked On Senators. I'm Chris Parliament, coming to you from Woodstock, Ontario. The other two gentlemen that are usually with me behind enemy lines in Toronto are not with me tonight. Ross Levitan getting some much-needed R&R south of the border, and Brandon Pillar in a far less ideal situation after having his wisdom teeth removed. However, the show rolls on right here at the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Now, last night, everyone was expecting Carolina to come out with a hot start after Ottawa beat him in the first half of a home-and-home series on Saturday night, 4-1. to But Ottawa, they were coming in last night flying as well. Confidence was riding high. Connor Brown said in the first intermission that belief is going up and up in the Senators' room as the team starts to play a little more DJ Smith-style hockey and finding success doing so, winning three of their last four games. How can you not be? When you're confident, you're confident. And when you're playing well, you're playing well. And Andres Nielsen right now is playing well. So the confidence had to be high when you had the number one star in the NHL from the past week between the pipes. But 44 seconds into this one, the confidence got tested. Now, let's go back. DJ Smith said at the start of the season that he's going to ride the hot hand when it comes to this goalie tandem of Craig Anderson and Anders Nielsen. And he did just that. Like I said, Anders Nielsen coming in hot after making 38 saves, getting the win on Saturday night. And he's the newly dubbed first star in the NHL. He made 96 saves of 101 shots he faced and won three of three games last week. But it was a less than stellar start in this one. Like I said, 44 seconds in, it was a weak one, a dribbler that got through Nielsen, and he seemed to be fighting the puck early on. That was followed by a tough bounce off of a great block shot by Nemestikov on the penalty kill, who found a wide-open Martin Netcash, who made no mistake burying that one for Carolina's second goal. And then a pretty brutal blown slashing call leading to a shorthanded break for Sebastian Ajo. He banged that one in. And then it was a weird bounce off Eric Brandstrom's stick on a pretty nothing play that beat Honors Nielsen. And that pretty well spelled the end of the night for Honors Nielsen as he was replaced by Craig Anderson who took over just midway through the second period. We'll call it midway. Now, when you're playing well as a goaltender, it's easy to stay hot and you can keep your teams in games. But when you come into a game like last night where Anders Nielsen didn't have his best stuff and it was pretty obvious early, that's when the team in front of him needs to step up and have his back like he does all the other nights. And being outshot 43-28 to is not a way to have your goaltender's back. Another way to have his back, though, is to take advantage of the chances and opportunities that are given to you by the other team. Right now, that is a huge problem for the Senators as they're running at less than 7% on the power play, sorry, and that is just absolutely horrid. Right now, I mean, it's zone time, it's lack of shots on net, but it's got to start from the beginning, and the beginning on every good power play is the zone entry, and right now, the zone entry and breakout of their own end is just wildly independent, with Thomas Shabbat expected to bring it through the ice carve through five guys and we've seen him do it before he's capable of doing so but it seems like a recipe for disaster if you're going to lean on Thomas Shabbat to go up the ice and get a clean zone entry every time you want to bring the puck into the zone I mean last night it was exemplified where he tried to make a pass to himself from behind his own goal line it got turned over by a simple play by Jordan Stahl bumping him off the puck and it was led to probably the best chance of the power play too bad it was for Carolina not the Senators So when you're struggling with something, I always find it's easiest to go back 
to the fundamentals. And the fundamentals is getting a good, clean zone entry. And a tried and true way of doing this is to spread the ice out wide, get a few touches through your end in the neutral zone, slam on the brakes, and allow somebody to come in with speed, get the puck deep into the zone, and to force the defenseman on the penalty kill to go back and get the puck in their own end. And Thomas Shabbat is what more than capable of doing so. And Sens fans can probably remember Jason Spezza having a lot of success doing so, but coming into the zone, having that long reach, as Thomas Shabbat also does, and getting the puck deep or getting it on net for the Senators, for guys like Kachuk and Duclair to bang away on them down low. Now, another thing that was pointed out in that broadcast between the benches with Mike Johnson last night was the Senators are lacking that guy who can play with the puck confidently under pressure on the sidewall, create opportunities off of the cycle. And I think that that's coming back into the lineup with Logan Brown. Now, Gordon Miller, also on the broadcast last night, said that maybe a personnel change will help with the stalemate that the Senators are currently experiencing on the power play. And yeah, sometimes that'll work, and I think Logan Brown will help that as well. He's been the guy in the past at the AHL level and especially at the junior level where he used his elite puck handling skills and passing ability to open up and create opportunities for teammates. And I think that Senators need that very much right now. And if you're looking for maybe a quick fix on the on the power play, that might be the way to do so. Now, Brent Wallace did tweet on Sunday that Brown could be back into the lineup against the Devils. Not only will he help with the power play, but unfortunately he'll add to the mess that is the middle of the ice right now for the Senators. But before I get too into that, I want to let you Sens fans know about an opportunity we've got here at Locked On. And that's an opportunity for you to treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDON. One more time, that's $5 off your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDON. Now, as I mentioned earlier in the show, 44 seconds in, Carolina scored, and that may have been a bit of a slap in the face for the guy who wears number 44, John Gabriel Pajot, because it was his birthday last night so Carolina kind of spoiling the party early on and in the last show we talked about how red hot John Gabriel Pajot is his plus 16 leading the NHL I don't know how much stock you really put into that stat I personally love it but everybody's got a bit of a different opinion it doesn't matter what you think of my plus or minus you can't deny he is red hot right now so last show we talked about well should we trade or extend him and it seems like Brandon and I agreed with the majority of you, 71% of you actually, that voted at Send Central on Twitter to the question, should you extend him or should you trade him away for assets at the deadline? Tonight, I have a different question for you. And that is, what would you do with the depth chart down the middle of the ice and who should center that top line? As I mentioned before, Logan Brown is on the trip with the team and he's not cleared for contact as of yet but he could be back in the lineup on Wednesday versus New Jersey. And he had some time between Kachuk and Duclair on the top unit before he was hurt. However, defense has been put into question at the NHL level for Logan. And after the top unit was a collective minus 10 on the evening against Carolina last night, defensive liability might not be the best answer there. 
Also, why would you mess with Kachuk and Duclair right now? They're both red hot. Kachuk scored again last night, and although it was a bit of a defensive mess for everybody, they're still finding the score sheet, so maybe you don't want to take Chris Tierney off that top line. Another guy that kind of adds to the mess is Colin White. Now, it's obviously good to have Colin White back into the lineup. He's probably the best centerman on the team, and he did find success with Kachuk last year on that top line, and he is still on the top power play unit. And although we talked about that being a bit of a debacle earlier in the show as well, he's still finding consistent ice time with these two guys, so the chemistry isn't going to be lost there. And while it may seem like a mess right now down the middle of the ice, let's not forget Artem Anisimov is on the shelf for what could be an extended amount of time with a groin injury. So if we're talking about the mess that's going to continue, it could get a lot worse later on. But now that I've spelled all that out for you, I'm sure you're wondering what I think of what should be going on in the middle of the ice. So although I'm a big fan of number 36, Colin White, I think it's time for him to prove that that he can drive a play from the middle of the ice. And a guy getting paid what he is in the NHL should be a guy able to do that. I think that's where the opportunity with Tyler Ennis and Vladimir Mestikov is good for him. I think he should be on that line and show DJ Smith that he doesn't need a Brady Kachuk, a guy driving the play from the wing on his line, or an Anthony Duclair. So, who should be in the middle of them? Well, I agree, you shouldn't mess with Chris Tierney and what he's able to bring to the lineup. Logan Brown is the fix between Brady Kachuk and Anthony Duclair, so... If you're asking what he can bring to the game, it's what we talked about earlier and what he will bring to the power play once he's back. He's able to play with the puck off the wall, and I think that's where he'll find the most success. I talked about it last show, where Anthony Duclair is able to create a cycle just because of his speed. If he doesn't drive the puck to the net, he's able to turn defensemen and get the puck below the goal line. And whether he gets below the goal line, comes out on the other side and shoots, drops it to a defenseman, throws it into the corner, oftentimes the puck finds Brady Kachuk along the goal line, and as Sens fans know, that's where good things happen. When Brady Kachuk has the puck down low, uses his size and skill. Where Logan Brown comes into play there is something that's interesting for me, because if you're able to create that cycle in play again, like Jason Spezza is able to, where you lean on the puck and you just use your long reach that Logan Brown has to keep the puck away from everybody, that cycle game improves that much more. And again, with his passing ability, finding Brady Kachuk out front is never a bad idea, or getting the puck back to the point where shots on net and Brady can bang away at rebounds. That is something that will definitely be added to Logan Brown's game. And I mentioned a little bit earlier that he might not be the best defensive player, but again, when you're playing with Brady Kachuk and Anthony Duclair, you're playing top-line minutes, so often you're out there with your better defenseman. It just creates an opportunity for Logan Brown to find the most success possible. And right now, I think that's something he needs. He's had a lot of times where there's been injuries. He's found a little bit of success. He's gone back down. But in his last stint before his last injury, it started to show that he was an NHLer, and he was taken in the first round. So as he gets a little bit older after being a four-year junior guy, playing really well in Belleville last year, I think this is the time where you kind of got to look at him and say, it's time to put up or shut up, Logan. And I think the best way for him to put up is, again, with Anthony Duclair and Brady Kachuk on the top line. That also allows a little bit of clarity on that fourth line, where you can put Chris Tierney down there and play with Bobby Ryan, where he's maybe able to create a little bit more than a Philip Schlappick is at this level, and play with Boudin and see what can happen on that fourth line down there. So, right now, Logan Brown, between Brady Kachuk and Anthony Duclair, is where I would want to put him. So, with all that being said, Colin White and Logan Brown are not the only relief on the way for the Senators. Now, when I say there's relief on the way, 
I mean, it's down on the farm in Belleville. And the top end scoring on the Belleville Senators is ridiculous right now. And its name Sens fans are and should be excited about. Leading the way is friend of the show, Drake Batherson. <laughs> At the end of the show last week, Ross jo- joked that maybe we weren't able to get to Batherson. And that's a bit of an abnormality here for us. We're big Drake Batherson fans. Again, he's leading the way with 13 points in 12 games. And right behind him is Vitaly Abramov and rookie Josh Norris, who both share the second place in the points lead with eight. And now, if you want to look a little bit further down, it's also kind of exciting to see another rookie, Alex Formanton, who has six points in 12 games played as well. However, it's not all good things in Belleville right now. And uh, when it's bad, it's bad. And right now, the Senators in Belleville are bad at keeping the puck out of their own net. 51 goals against this season. That is the most in the North Division. That stat is causing a lot of people to start to question why a guy like Philip Gustafson is still in Belleville, while another friend of the show, Joey Decord, is putting together a pretty solid season in Brampton for the Beast. I got nothing to report for you right now on movement as of yet, but definitely something for us to keep an eye on as Joey Decord has a goals against average just north of three and Philly franchise's save percentage is at 870 right now with a goals against average of over four. So a lot of people are starting to scratch heads saying, are these guys in the right spots or is it time for the older Joey Decord to get his shot in the AHL and maybe backstop the Belleville Senators with a little bit more consistency? Now, with your Tuesday edition of Locked On Senators winding down, there's one more thing that I want to talk to you about, and that's the word bite. Gordon Miller last night used the word bite around the 11-minute mark of the first period, and that was the way he was describing the Senators' games as of late. And in this particular case, he was talking about Bobby Ryan, who last night got into a fight. Now let's go back a little bit because Bobby Ryan has walked himself into the headlines a little bit too often for Sens fans' sake this season, making $6.25 million. He's in the highest paycheck on the team. He's pointed out as a guy that needs to produce, and Sens fans well well know that he has not been able to do that the last couple of seasons, and sitting in the press box is definitely not where you want your highest paid player. So Jonathan Davidson has come into the lineup, and he played pretty well. But last night, DJ Smith went with the same team and same lineup, I guess, that earned him two points the other night on Saturday in the first game of the home-and-home against Carolina. So Bobby Ryan's a little bit searching for his game right now. And last night, he came in and absolutely ran over former Senator Brian Gibbons in the corner. And then that led to a bit of a fight with Bobby Ryan. Now, good for him. If that's the way he's going to play his game and find a way to consistently be a difference maker and stay in the lineup for DJ Smith, all the power to you. That's the way to play. But right now, Senators fans are probably a little bit laughing, but maybe breathing a sigh of relief as well. As He had to leave the game for a little bit with last night with surprise, surprise, a hand injury. The 800 millionth hand injury of Bobby Ryan's career. Fortunately, he did come back into the game and play some regular minutes on the fourth line beside Philip Schlappick. But if that's the game he's going to play, is that a game that he's going to find success with? Now, he is still playing second-line power play minutes, but is this what Senators fans want him doing? Now, another thing that was mentioned on the broadcast last night was Mike Johnson's keys to the game, and that was getting down low below the goal line and not only getting a hit on the defenseman to create the forecheck, but also stop the puck. 
Now, if that's something Bobby Ryan can do, I love it. If he's got to find a way, he's got to find a way. And in the Eastern Conference final run, if we're going to go back to the glory days for the Sens, he was a power forward, and he was well-known as Big Game Bobby. It was a lot of fun to watch because he was finally back. He was doing things that Sens fans expected him to do when he came over, but hasn't been able to do it since. This is the way I think Bobby Ryan stays consistently in the lineup. He's got to be a hard worker. He's got to finish plays, and finishing plays for him right now means finishing bodies as well. I'm not sure I love him fighting, but I think he's going to create a lot more opportunities for himself to stay in the lineup if he's playing physically. Now, with that being said, when Scott Sabrin comes back into the lineup, is it going to be Bobby Ryan that's able to continue to play that role for the Senators? Again, don't think he's going to be a fighter all of a sudden, but Scott Sabrin is, and he was brought in to quote-unquote protect the assets. Now, Scott Sabrin is definitely more of a daunting threat as a power forward and a fighter and a physical threat, and people may be thinking, well, Bertie Kachuk plays that role pretty well as well, but DJ Smith wants this team playing hard and thinks that there's going to be success when they're playing hard. That wraps it up for your Tuesday edition of Locked On Senators, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. But Sens fans, I have a reminder for you. This is a safe place. Even after a night in which Ottawa gives up seven or more goals for the third time this season, this is a reminder that that is just one night closer to a lottery pick the Senators actually own this year. And boy, oh boy, can that Lafreniere kid play? As always, Locked On Senators is your daily source for Senators news and is brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network. We'll talk to you tomorrow, Senators fans.